As I stand at the motorboat's bow, briny water covers me in a light mist. Salty droplets crystallize on my nose and cheeks in the hot summer sun. Even my denim shorts and sunshine yellow tank don't take away the incongruity of summer in December. I should be bundled up in sweaters, a scarf and mittens, rather than letting my body soak in the delicious warmth. December is the time to gather with family, build snowman with my herd of nieces and nephews, cozy under a blanket for a movie with. Which is exactly why I'm here and not back home in Ohio. Too many memories. I can't bear to watch my family laugh and love when my happiness is gone. December is the month of memories, and all I want is to escape the destruction of mine. The blurred shore comes into focus, and I study each detail. A single trail leads from the dock up the wooded hillside. Lush vegetation rather than houses or buildings covers the land, which is exactly how I want it. Isolation sounds lovely. Then I spot a guy resting upon the dock. His bronzed skin stands out from the pale winter flesh I just left behind. Looking at the muscles swelling beneath that golden skin, I try to guess his age. He appears more mature than the boys in my dorm do, but there's something youthful about him, too. Maybe it's the way he sits along the edge of the dock, a smile on his face and his feet in the water. His bare feet make little ripples as they splash around in the bay. His rolled-up jeans dip daringly close to the water, but remain dry. He raises one foot out of the water, points it in my direction, and waves. I lift my gaze past his jeans, past his bare chest, to his face. His smile widens, and he waves again, using his hand this time. I slide to the bottom of the boat, then slump against the side so it hides my entire body. I cannot believe he caught me staring. No, ogling him. What's even harder to believe is that I was looking, and I actually enjoyed what I saw. The guilt serves as a cool pail of water dumped over my flaming cheeks. It damps the fires of embarrassment. More waves threaten to come unless I find my notebook. Frantically, I search my backpack for it. My trusty pen is woven in the metal looping. I place it against the fresh page and sigh as the words pour out. I never imagined I would be here, halfway across the world without you. It doesn't feel fair. I have the freedom to explore while you are. Why couldn't we travel through Australia hand in hand? Of course, if we could be together, I wouldn't be here to begin with. Funny thing I'm learning, though. No matter how far you run, you can't outdistance your problems. I miss you, Robbie. Abby. I carefully tear out my letter before folding it and placing it into a small purple envelope. As the envelope joins the others, my heart slows, my muscles calm, and my mind relaxes. Finally in control, I slip on my backpack and stand up, only to find myself staring in the eyes of Mr. Bronze. You must be the new volunteer. 
He doesn't speak with any of the exotic Australian dialects I was expecting. You're American? I carefully make my way off the boat and onto the wooden dock. A dimple appears as he smiles. Most people call me Sage, but I'll go by American if you want. I peg him as a Midwesterner, just like me. I'm Abby. Sage lifts my big suitcase out of the water taxi. Do you have all your things? It's just the suitcase and backpack. He rests the suitcase on the grass, then returns to the water taxi. Susan wanted me to thank you for giving our new volunteer a ride. We'll see you next Tuesday. The driver nods before revving away.